Hello, everyone, and welcome to Secret Keepers Club. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. So happy to have you here as always. My name is Carly Aquilino. I am your host, and I am so excited for this week's episode because I have a ton of questions that you guys sent in to secretkeepersclub at gmail.com that we're going to get to, and a bunch of other things that I want to chit chat with you guys about. First and foremost, I did want to um, talk to you guys and really thank you guys who came out to the uh, shows that I did with Jesse May uh, for the Girl Podcast this past weekend at City Winery Saturday night. It was so much fun. The first show, which was our stand-up show, was sold out. It was such a fun time. So thank you all. I think you guys had fun too. So thank you all. It was so nice meeting you and we appreciate your support. And it was just such a special night. You know, it was really, really good to get back out there. And I couldn't think of a better, uh, you know, situation being in New York, being with my friends, doing stand up, having it be you guys. It really meant a lot to me. So I just wanted to say thank you guys for coming out and showing support. And I got to meet a lot of secret keepers. And one of you made me a little pin with Robert's face on it or some cat that looks exactly like Robert. So thank you very much. I appreciate that very much. So. But yeah, you guys, it was it was a it was a fun time. Um, and we're going to continue to do that in the spring. We're going to have we're going to release our uh spring tour dates at the end of November. So stay tuned for that. I'll, I'll, uh, announce them on this podcast. We'll post about them and, and do some push for that. So you guys can all hopefully, you know, come to a city near you and see the, see your girlies. Cause you, you know, that we love, we love to party and chit chat and have fun. So I wanted to also talk to you guys about a couple of other things. First of all, uh, two of the most embarrassing thing. You want to know what I manifested this now that I'm thinking about it, because we've been talking about shit. That's embarrassing. Two of the most embarrassing situations that have ever happened to me in my life happened to me this past week. And we're going to go over them first or most recently. I was out with my friend the other night, we were at a bar and this guy came up to me and he was really nice. And he was like, I think you're so funny. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And he was like, I follow you. I'm like, oh, thanks. I appreciate it. You guys know I'll talk to anybody. I love talking. I just love talking to people. So we're chit-chatting back and forth. And he had leaned in. Um, and I was under the impression that um, he was leaning in to kiss me on the cheek as if we were in Paris, France or somewhere else in Europe. I thought we were doing a mwah, mwah. you know what I'm saying? Like a cheek to cheek. So, uh, I kissed this man. I kissed this man on the cheek and he was actually, you know, about three seconds later, I realized he was actually just trying to talk to me. He was telling me a story, but it was loud. So I didn't, I was not aware of that. So I kissed him and he DM'd me the next day. Of course he DM'd me because I kissed him. And he was like, Hey, it was so nice. You know, he was, he was sliding in. He, I, I can't blame him. You know, he said, it was so nice meeting you. I hope I bump into you again one day with a little winky face. So I played dumb and I said, Oh, I think I kissed you, but I'm not sure. Right. Because this whole time in my head, cause I was freaking out. I didn't sleep for two days because of this. And so I was freaking out and I'm going, I'm just being paranoid. I don't even know. I don't, but maybe I didn't even like really kiss him. Maybe I just said, Mwah. you know, maybe there was no actual connection because who's going around kissing men at bars in a panty. It's your girl. So 
I said to him, I think I kissed you. I'm really sorry if I did. I think you were trying to tell me something and I'm not sure, but uh, pretty sure I kissed you. And he said, yeah, you sure did. So that was embarrassing. And again, we manifested that because we are so powerful with all of these embarrassing stories that this is what's happening to me. So also last week this happened. Um, I've been watching my friend's dog because she has grand jury duty for a month. Okay. So she's in, she has to go to jury duty every day, but she has a dog walker come every other day. And I go every other day that the dog walker isn't there because she usually has him twice a week. And I said, girl, whatever, I'm down the block. I'll just go walk them. It's no big deal. So I've been doing that for the last few weeks. And this whole time she's been doing jury duty, she is so paranoid because she's getting all of these really intense, heavy cases, really scary shit, which by the way, I just got, I just got a summons to go, uh, last week. I got the paperwork. So I'm really excited about that, but you know, because I want to solve the damn murders and I want to solve the freaking burglaries, even though I know that that wouldn't be my job, but I will take the reins. When I go to jury duty, I will tell the lawyers, I'm going to say, you could take your day. You could take the day off, take a sick day because I'm here now and I'm going to figure all this shit out. Give me the names and give me their Instagrams and I'll figure out, I'll solve any damn murder. And I'm going to need a little DNA test from each of them. And then that's it. But anywho, so she's been going to jury duty and she's so paranoid because she lives alone and she's hearing all these real terrible, you know, horrific stories every day. And uh, she keeps saying to me every day, she's like, calls me and she's like, I'm really paranoid. I think somebody's going to break into my house. And I'm like, oh, you're going to be fine. You know, whatever. She got special locks on her windows and all this stuff. So the other day I go to walk the, the dogs. I wake up, I do a couple little things. I go and walk them. And uh, I take the first dog out. I bring him back and I'm putting the leash on the second one. And they start barking like fucking crazy. Both the dogs are barking like crazy. And I'm like, what is it? Like, what's going on, you guys? Like, why are you freaking out right now? You know, I'm kind of looking around like, why are both of them barking hysterically? I turn back around. There's a man in the apartment. Okay. Standing in the apartment. And I bugged out. You know, I was shook. You know, picture being in your house or being in someone's house alone and you turn around and there's somebody there. It's very, very scary. So (laughs) I, I'm not going to say what I said, but I was fighting for my damn life or so I thought. And the last thing I said to him was, what the fuck are you doing here? And he looked at me and he said, I'm the dog walker. It's my day. So I almost killed the dog walker. And the worst part about it is um, he said to me, he said, you're Carly, right? And I said, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's like, I watch your cats when you're when you're not home because we use the same company. Me and my friend, we live down the block from each other. We use the same, you know, pet sitters. So now I need a new cat sitter because I almost fucking killed the guy who comes here and takes care of my babies. I almost murdered him. And, and if I would have had a knife on me, I would have stabbed him because I thought that I was fighting for my damn life out there. I thought I said, you know what? This is my moment. I'm going to fight for me. I'm going to fight for these two little Yorkies. 
what an idiot. I felt so stupid, especially because it was all my fault. It was all my fault. I went the wrong day. I'm telling you, my brain is not working recently. I don't know if it's Mercury's in retrograde or what. I haven't been sleeping for fucking months. Let me tell you something right now. This guy was scared shitless. <laughs> I'm screaming at him at the top of my lungs. And he was wearing his little Patagonia vest and his little, you know, hiking shoes. What the fuck? This guy's not going to kid. I thought, okay, I could take him. I really thought that when I saw him, I said, it's kind of weird. I wasn't picturing my, my killer to be wearing this. But anywho, you guys, that's, uh, that's what's going on with me. Yes. I watched squid game. Yes. It was really good. I think I told you that last week. And, um, also I watched Dave Chappelle's new special, which is all in the news. People are, saying the things that they always say when Dave Chappelle comes out with a new special. It's transphobic, it's homophobic, and I really would urge you to watch this special and and create your own opinion because what I hate to see, and listen, I never speak for any marginalized groups. I never am like, you shouldn't feel this way about this thing because I'm not living in your experience. I don't know what you go through on a, on a daily basis. And, and quite frankly, whatever offends you, you have a right to feel the way that you feel. Uh, about anything that happens. It's perfectly understandable. You know, we're all different people and we are upset by different things. And I've never told anyone like, oh, don't be upset about that. It's your feelings, you know? But what I did notice when I had told a few people like, oh, I'm going to watch Chappelle's special. They all said the same thing. Having not seen it, five different people said, I heard it was really transphobic. And what, how this happens is, um, you know, with these things, you kind of can trace back to where it came from. And it usually is from someone's opinion, which again, they're entitled to someone's opinion that they wrote a blog about or a tweet about, or a string of, you know, Instagram posts about or whatever. And those things are attached to an article that has a very clickbaity title a very shocking title. So some people just read the title of the article and go, this is how I feel about this now, because I support the LGBT community, which is understandable, of course, as well. But I do think that since everyone is entitled to their own opinion, you should form your own opinion on things of this nature. Um, because I watched it with a very sensitive ear, you know, thinking, okay, Am I going to enjoy this? Is this going to be offensive to me? And again, I'm not living in that experience, but I actually, when you watch the special, you'll know what I'm talking about. There was uh, points where he was addressing um, uh, the trans community and he told this story about one of his friends that was really moving and it actually it made me emotional. I, I got a little choked up watching it. So I think that, you know, these things are often sensationalized because it's like, you know, we want to, we want to burn people at the stake, but I also think you have to give people the opportunity and, and at least listen to what they have to say. Now, do I agree with everything Chappelle said on his special? Absolutely not. No, I don't, but, but that's okay. We're not all meant to feel the same thing and think the same thing. Everyone, you know, it's, it all circles back to this, um, 
idea that I always have in my head of, okay, we live in this generation and we live in this society now where, you know, everybody is very progressive and everybody is very liberal and it, and it's a wonderful thing, but there is such thing as toxic that, right? So it's like, everyone wants to, you know, everyone believes that everyone should be accepted and all of these things if they feel the same exact way that them and their friends feel. So it's, it's a tricky thing. Now, like I said, I don't agree with everything he said, but I did think the special was good. I did. I think he's the, one of the best to, to ever do it. And I might have a biased opinion. So I'm very curious as to what you guys think about this. I have, you know, may have a biased opinion because I have met him and he was, I would say, exceptionally nice to me um, when I met him recently, which I know that's also like, oh, well, just because he's a celebrity doesn't mean that he should treat people differently. Um, And I agree with that. But at the same time, I've met people that have, you know, a fraction of his success that treat other people like dirt. So, you know, should people be nice? Yes, but a lot of people aren't. Um, and after watching the special, I actually thought in my head, I'm like, he's to me, I look at him as like, oh, he's accepting of everyone. And if you would watch it all the way through, you would see that he was actually making comparisons as to, you know, he's like, I've always supported this group. And, you know, an article came out after one of my last specials that said I was transphobic when the person didn't even watch the special or whatever the case was. And now that is forever something that people think of me. Um, But, you know, I I personally would consider him like, I I think he accepts everyone. And he even said in the thing, he said, I don't hate trans people. I hate white people. (laughs) And I was hysterical laughing. I'm like, I'm not offended by that, of course, because it's like, it's funny, you know? I I just want everyone to form their own opinions, especially things like this, you know, and especially someone like Dave Chappelle, who, you know, he really, more than anyone I can think of off the top of my head, he put his money where his mouth is. And he walked away from a really, really big deal um, that he had with Comedy Central because he felt like he wasn't being treated fairly. And he did that, you know, to make a point. Um, and I don't know many people that would do that. So I give him respect for that. I give him respect forever for that. And again, if you were offended or are offended by things that he says, I get it too. You know, it's, it's understandable, but, but give it a chance and form your own opinion on it. Cause like I said, I, I don't look at him as a hateful person. Um, you know, to, to any group in particular, I, I really don't. And I haven't lived in his experience either. So I can't tell him he's wrong about how he feels. I just kind of want everyone to fucking be nice to each other. You know, anywho, anywho, that's my freaking spiel, you guys. But let's get into these emails. Got a lot of emails last week that you guys sent into secretkeepersclub at gmail.com. And let's get into it. Okay. So this one says, can't stop dreaming about my ex. Embarrassing moment included. Hey, Carly, Stan, and Rob, love all three of you, and I'm obsessed with this podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. 
can we please talk about how embarrassing holding things and carrying things are? And then if you drop something, absolutely not. I'd rather K word myself than drop something in public. There's nothing more embarrassing than having to bend over and pick something up. Yes, girl. hundred percent. I agree with that. She says now to the juicy stuff. My boyfriend and I have been together for four years. He's an incredible partner and I love him so deeply. The issue is that I keep having these super vivid, sexy dreams about my ex. My ex and I had a very passionate relationship and he was my first love. He ended up cheating on me and we broke up. About a year later, I met my current boyfriend. I haven't had any contact with my ex in years, but I keep having these dreams and it's making me think about him all day and it's making me miss him, which I do not want. He was a lying, manipulative cheater and I am in a happy, healthy relationship. It makes me feel gross and I hate feeling like this all day and then coming home to my boyfriend who doesn't know I constantly have my ex on my mind. What the fuck is happening and how do I stop it? Give me any advice, please. Okay. So these, these types of dreams don't listen. I've been in the, I've been in the position where I've had dreams about people where I'm like, Oh, does this mean something like, does this mean I should call him or get back together or whatever? And I understand that they could put that into your head, like and almost make you start missing someone, but understand that you don't, actually miss him. Maybe you miss hooking up with him. Maybe you miss the sex, you know, things like that, but you know that he's not a good person. Um, and you know that you have a really good relationship with your boyfriend. I would kind of interpret the dream if I were to interpret it into anything as maybe you have like, uh, you know, some things that you need to still work on with the, you know, in terms of the way you view that relationship, like maybe you need a closure on something, or I maybe would interpret it as maybe you're missing something, you know, with your boyfriend in some way, like maybe you guys don't have, you know, sex the way that you did with your ex or whatever. I don't know why I just said sex like that. I said sex like a snake, (laughs) but I'm just trying to get my thoughts out. But I feel like maybe that's what it could represent, but I understand how that could be triggering and just like, well, why am I thinking about him? And then that almost exacerbates a problem and makes you think about him even more and dream about him more. But I've had sex, I've had like sex dreams about people where I'm like, what, what is that? No, thank you. It does make you look at someone a little different though. But I think, um, I think maybe there, there might be some, some, uh, things that you need closure on it, you know, in terms of that past relationship, because getting cheated on, it does definitely, you know, end a relationship a lot quicker and it kind of brings everything to a screeching halt. So I would think that maybe you didn't get the closure that, that you wanted from it. Um, but I'm happy that you're in a healthy relationship and and that you're acknowledging these things too. Like how, how crazy it is that our minds do this. Okay. So this one, oh, this one is a fuck, marry, kill that we'll do to, at the end. Okay. The next one says, uh, the title is, do I like him or am I just too fucked up? Hi, sweet baby angels, Carly, Robert, and Stanley. I recently discovered Secret Keepers Club and I've been having a blast listening to all of the episodes. You are a queen among queens. I would love your advice on this little situation I've gotten myself into, please. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. 
a little background on me. I'm a 25 year old Latina woman who has, is currently in grad school trying to earn a master's degree. Between school, internship, and work, I stay pretty busy. My culture is very important and special to me, and I take a lot of pride in it. Also, I don't know if you're very familiar with attachment styles, but I am fearfully avoidant. Basically, it's hard for me to be vulnerable in my relationships, and I tend to sabotage relationships before my partner has the chance to break things off with me. This way, I avoid getting hurt, and if I end things, then it's on my terms. See more um, if interested. So then she links an article about fearful avoidant attachment. I, I am familiar with a, a few different attachment styles. I've read a little bit about them. Um, there's like dismissive avoidant, fearful avoidant, and I I totally... Uh, I get what you're saying. Okay. So she says, anyway, about six weeks ago, I met a 33 year old white Jewish man. I initially thought this would be a person I hook up with occasionally. I wasn't really looking for a relationship. So imagine my utter shock and confusion when I find myself hanging out with him every single day for the past six weeks. Girl, what am I doing? Listen, for the most part, he's good to me. He calls me every day. He's supportive. He tells me how beautiful and great I am. He makes me laugh and the sex is great because otherwise, what would be the fucking point, right? <laughs> I feel myself getting too comfortable with the situation. We're exclusive, but it seems too good to be true. So my instinct per my fearfully avoidant attachment style is to make excuses as to why I should dump him. While he and I do get along great, the fact that we are two completely different people really weighs heavy on me. I feel like he doesn't really understand where I come from, which is important to me. I feel like we are so different and the relationship will never work. He's grown up with privilege and money and he has traveled the world and as an athlete. Um, his family is very well off. They own vacation homes and they throw lavish parties. Girl, is, is this supposed to be making me want you to not be with him? <laughs> I don't know if this is supposed to girl. I don't know if you're saying this as if it's a negative thing. Sounds like you hit the damn jackpot. Okay. She says, whereas I have grown up poor with emotionally abusive alcoholic father, even now my family still struggles with money. And I even feel pressure of having to be the one that pulls my family ahead and become successful. I'm the first generation and, and the first in my family to go to college and start a professional career. The differences to me are just so stark. And I know he has never, ever thought about how different we are. Can a relationship like this even work? Have other secret keepers have similar experience? Should I just dump him and date someone who understands my struggles? Good girl, no. Who understands my struggles or should I just go see how things end up with him? Basically, I need your help on deciding whether or not uh, the reasons why I believe I should dump him are valid or if I should stop sabotaging this relationship and just see what happens and enjoy my time with him, even if it means I'll likely get hurt in the future. Thank you so much for reading this. Any advice from you or secret keepers would be greatly appreciated. Now, I would I, I do want to hear from you guys out there if you've had a similar situation. And I've definitely been in similar situations with people where um, I felt like we came from very different lives. You know, I didn't come from a family with money. My mom was a lunch lady. My dad worked for a construction union. You know, nobody in my family went to college, all of these things. And then I've met, you know, I've dated people who come from, you know, affluent families and, and wealthy families. And then even people who have made a ton of money on their own. So there is some type of an imbalance there, which I understand, but you should never, you know, I never looked at myself as lesser than anyone. 
So it shouldn't really like, you know, you came from two different almost like walks of life, but it doesn't make you any less of a person or it doesn't make you any less compatible with him. I think if anything, you guys can learn from each other and, and these are not, you should never feel ashamed from where you came from. You know, you should never feel ashamed of that. If you came from a poor family, you know, these are things that your family is what you're born into. Um, it's not anything that you can control. And there is always in every family, I don't care what anybody fucking says in every family, there's, there's family members that are problematic or they, you know, they have a lot of stuff going on, right? There's always some family member you got to warn your new significant other about when they're, when you're going over for Thanksgiving, like, Oh, this one's got a little, you know, he's got, he's a little cuckoo, right? There's nothing that you should be ashamed of. It's not a reflection on you. Who you are is a reflection on yourself. And, and, you know, those other things, they, they don't matter. I have dated, I dated a guy who, um, you know, his family was, had a lot of money and he had a lot of money. And when I, and they, before even meeting me, didn't fucking like me. Of course they didn't. Why would they, you know? the mom was like, oh, you're dating a clown. Like, you know, you're dating a comedian that is like this like random girl from Long Island that somehow is a comedian. And then she, her mom was a lunch lady. And, you know, like people, I've never, ever been ashamed of it ever. And I met them and they said, what do your parents do? And I'm like, my mom was a lunch lady. And what bitch fight me. I'll punch your mom in the face. No, I won't do that. I'll just talk about her with my friends when we're drinking. But anywho, don't feel ashamed of where you came from. You, like you said, you have a sense of pride in your, your culture and your background. And I think that that really is, is special. And that really matters. Um, don't, don't make problems where there aren't any, I understand that this is literally what you had brought up, that you are fearful avoidant. And I understand that this is something that you're acknowledging as like a common thing that's, you know, it's like a recurring thing that's happened while you've been dating. But um, girl, I think you just got to You just got to enjoy it. You just have to enjoy yourself because not only, you know, you know, are these things great? Like you're saying he's telling you how beautiful you are. You're seeing him every day. He makes you laugh. You guys have great sex. He calls you every day. He's supportive. I mean, girly, what else are we looking for here? You're like, no, I want him to also be poor. Come on. No. And listen, I'm not hating on on guys that don't have money. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, like, that should not be a reason that you stop seeing someone. Just like if you met a wonderful guy that didn't have a lot of money, you would say, oh, but I, I can't date him because he's not rich. It's like, no, it's about the person. It's about who they are, you know? Um. I think that you, you should just, you know what, look at it as a learning experience. And I think that you'll feel really, um, happy about how it turns out. I really do. I really like this for you. He seems like a great guy and don't, and, and hey girl, if you don't like him, you can send this little man my way. I don't know why I said little, but if he is little, that's fine. He seems nice.
Okay, you guys, now a quick word from our sponsors. Secret Keepers Club is so excited to welcome a new sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is therapy for the 21st century. BetterHelp is professional therapy all online. It's all remote. You could do it from the comfort and the privacy of your own home. There's a flexible schedule, phone or video calls at your convenience. You get a good match. They will put you with a licensed therapist who's right for you. And that's the most important thing about therapy. You need to find somebody that you could talk to who understands you. I always encourage everyone to go to therapy I think it's so important it's it's so nice to just talk to somebody that has an unbiased opinion and will listen and help you and I think it's just such a great thing so I also love better help because it's affordable you don't have to be rich to pay for it and financial aid is available for it you can send messages to your therapist at any time they'll get back to you in between sessions and if you don't like your person if you want to switch therapists you can and at any time for free. So they make it easy if you wanted to switch it up. Um, trust me, it helps to have someone outside your world to talk to. It's easy to schedule. It's affordable. We'll take a load off your shoulders. Over 1 million people have taken charge of their mental health. So you should join them. BetterHelp has a special for just our listeners. You can visit betterhelp.com slash secret keepers for 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash secret keepers for 10% off your first month. BetterHelp help.com slash secret keepers sign up for better help and start living a happier life today all right let's get into the next one okay this one is about stanley tucci okay stanley tucci's on the fresh air podcast thank you so much for letting me know we're gonna have to listen to that okay this one says the bane of my existence and an fmk Hey, Queen Carl. So I was at a wedding last week and I cannot take how embarrassing the group dances are. Oh my God, I agree. Seriously, it makes me sweaty just thinking about them when people get so excited to run out on the dance floor and do them and they act like they're in America's Best Dance Crew. I just die a little inside. Oh my God, that's so funny. And this is a really good fuck, Mary Kill that she added. I'm going to add this to the list. We'll do it at the end. Um, but it's true. Honestly, I've said this before and I, and I don't want you know, people to be mad at me for saying this, but I truly think a lot of wedding related things are very embarrassing. Um, <laughs> once I was at a wedding and you know how like the, the bridal party and the groomsmen, they each, you know, one of each walks into the, you know, party together and they like announce like, here comes Billy and Trish, you know, and they fucking all had different themes, like based on what they did for a living. So the, you know, the, it was like silly. Like they all got to do little, like a little bit to the music when they came out. And this guy was a professional boxer and he pretended to punch the girl in the face. And she went, <laughs> she went along with it. And I was like, this is the wildest shit I've ever seen at a fucking wedding. Cause it was like to the song, like it was to a song. I'm like, what are we doing here? This guy just punches. I don't know why that just cracked me up. I think about it all the time. I'm like, whose idea was this? <laughs> whose idea was this? I'm just cracking up thinking about it. That shit is so funny to me. Um, but yeah, it's like, that's their moment to shine. And it's like, are you a Jabberwocky? What, what's up? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, all right, let's get to this next one. Oh, you guys are so funny with that. Okay, this one says, why does this affect me so much? 
Hey, Carly, huge fan. Since your girl code days, you're such a beautiful spirit. And I can't imagine um, coming to anyone more genuine and open-minded than you for advice. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. So here's my story. My boyfriend and I know each other um, and have been friends since I was 18. After finally confessing our feelings for each other, we decided to give it a go. For reference, I am now 28 and he's 31. We've been officially together for two years and living together for one. I have an eight-year-old son who he treats as his own, even though we have had a rough start with my son adjusting um, with someone new in his life. My boyfriend has been learning a new type of patience. In short, the amount of time we have dated and been together, we have had two miscarriages and one pregnancy surgically removed due to it being stuck in my fallopian tube, which also got removed. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, that is so, I'm so sorry that that's so heartbreaking to hear. I'm sorry. You're going through that and you've gone through that. Um, okay. From the start, we knew we wanted more kids and talk about marriage frequently. He tells me, quote unquote, we are stuck with each other. We both have openly discussed how we are each other's person and we want to start our forever together. In parentheses, cheesy, I know. We are now officially three months pregnant with our little bean and doing great and so far so healthy. Oh my God, that's great. I'm so happy for you. So here's the problem. My weight has gone up due to all the past pregnancies and my confidence has gone down. My self-esteem is not the greatest lately. Even though I trust my man, I feel like I just had, I felt like I just had to check his TikTok on his phone because of overwhelming curiosity. Girl, before you say it, I know I shouldn't have gone. (laughs) You guys know me too well. Uh, Girl, before you say it, I know I shouldn't have, but he gave me so much crap in the past for the most insignificant things I liked or an ex liked or an ex still following me on Instagram. He hacked my Instagram accounts and went on a Snoop Fest one. So I felt no regrets doing this. He doesn't have any social media accounts active anymore due to family drama. Well, I checked his TikTok and I saw all these girls who basically look like porn stars and women whose bodies I could never achieve. He like his likes were nothing but seductive girl videos. I mean, no hate to those girls at all, but I feel, but being a high risk pregnant woman who was told by doctors not to lift more than a gallon of milk and exercise is limited to walking. You can imagine how I felt. I felt beyond uncomfortable in my skin. I had already suffered a mild eating disorder with an ex, um, when an ex left me for my little sister's underage best friend. Oh my God. Um, which is a whole nother story, but my point is that he, disgusted, not good enough feeling was coming back. Okay. But the disgusted, not good enough feeling was coming back. We talked about it and he reassured me that I was the only one. And he's sorry for looking at those types of videos. Even though I believe him, I do struggle with trust issues in general and depression episodes. So it takes me a bit longer to get out of the paranoid feeling that he is talking to someone. My question is, how do I get out of that mindset? He reassures me when I need it, but never really told me if he deleted the app or not. And I kind of want to ask, we also don't really touch each other's phones. It's almost weird when we do, I really do trust him. And I do feel insecure. Um, when I see him texting and I always want to know who it is I can ask. And I'm sure he would tell me or show me because sometimes he does just willingly, but I don't want him to think I'm suffocating him either. I honestly only have one friend who lives hours away and is not the most supportive and not the most supportive family. So I'm basically alone. You and this podcast family has made me feel less alone in this world. And that's something I will be forever grateful for love and appreciate any advice given. Oh, well, thank you so much, girl. And and I'm so sorry for everything you've gone through. And 
I understand the situation that you're in. And I want to make something clear because like I said before, you guys know what I'm going to say. You guys know, I'm going to say never go through someone's phone. And the reason isn't like, I wouldn't even say the main reason that I don't want you to go through someone's phone is because it's an invasion of their privacy. It's because you're going to see something that's going to make you feel this way because the, their phones are not meant for us to see their phones. Their, our feelings are not considered um, when they're doing things on their personal phones. That's, that's the whole point of it. It's like, I would never, I, I don't want to go through someone's phone because I know, Hey, listen, if you're, if you're looking, if you're digging and digging and digging, you're going to hit shit, you know? So, and I've been in that situation before where I either accidentally or maybe even intentionally seen something that I should not have seen. It wasn't meant for me to see it. And it fucks you up. It fucks you up in the head. A hundred percent. I understand where you're coming from. First of all, I don't think that, you know, him looking at those videos, even though it is of course an icky feeling to see, I get where you're coming from with that. I don't think that that means that he's talking to anyone or that he's pursuing other women. I, I get why you being in the position that you're in, you feel this kind of like, Oh my God, like it, 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 I get the feeling. It's so hard to explain. Um, it's just one of those things that I'm not defending him by any means. I, I hate it. I hate that icky feeling that it gives you. Um, and I've been there, but you know, you trust him. You said you trust him. And, and I think what's also important is if he hasn't done anything to, to harm your trust in him, I, I don't think it's fair to bring it up. Um, because you're kind of, you know, burning him at the stake when he really hasn't done any, he hasn't really as, as annoying as it is and, and gross as it could be. I don't think that he's done anything that's worth you losing actual trust in him, because I don't think as far as I know, as far as we know, right. You and I, um, he hasn't actively pursued someone else. He's just being a guy and looking at pictures and whatever. You know, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to know what you're looking at. Trust me. I never know. I never want to fucking know what a guy's looking at because I know it's some shit that I don't want to see. <laughs> and listen, I love women. I love women. But there's some shit that I'm just like, I don't want to see it. No, I don't want to see it. I'm happy for the women. I'm happy for them that they're doing their thing and they're shaking and, and they're shaking it. Okay. You know, I always am encouraging my girlies to go and go and shake it. But do I need to know that my boyfriend's looking at that? No, I don't. Um, and different people have different opinions. There's always some girls that are like, I encourage it. It's like, okay, girly, God bless. God bless. I'm not on that same boat. I just don't want to know about what you're looking at. Th that's like your personal, that's the thing with social media. It's like, or like even looking at like a search history or something like that. It's like, I shouldn't know. It's kind of knowing someone's thoughts. I don't want to know your thoughts. Whenever somebody says, oh, what, what superpower would you want to have? Girl, I don't want to know. I don't want to read minds. Are you kidding me? Hell no. I think that Something that may help you is just maybe do little things for yourself. Treat yourself to little things. Um, 
go get a manicure, go, you know, get a little blowout, do your hair, um, take a bath, do whatever you can do. That'll make you feel just relaxed and calm and kind of like you're pampering yourself and you're giving yourself a, taking yourself out on a little date. I always encourage people to do that. I think it matters and, and it helps so, so much. Um, but I'm sorry that for everything that you've been through, it's, it's so sad to hear stories like this. And, but I am really, really happy for you that, that your preggies with a little, with a little peanut in there. So keep us posted on that. Um, I think that across, I a hundred percent understand. I understand where you're coming from. Like I've been there. I get it. Okay. We also want to welcome Truff. I absolutely love Truff. They are a luxury hot sauce brand that's inspired by the elegance and indulgence of truffles. You guys know truffles. Truffles are a special fancy thing and I'm a special fancy girl. So I enjoy, I, they sent me a whole bunch of stuff and you guys, I am not kidding. It is all so good. I had been seeing their hot sauce in the grocery store and their pasta sauce and I was like, oh, I'm gonna try that, I'm gonna try that. And they sent me the pasta sauce, the mayonnaise. Oh my God, it's really, really good. I'm like a lifetime customer of them at this point. And you guys know I love my hot sauce. All the different hot sauces are really, really good. They have their flagship hot sauce, hot hotter sauce, and white truff hot sauce, which is a very rare and decadent white truffle, which you love. I've also used a couple times, guys, I'm drooling. I'm drooling talking about it. I've also used a couple of times they sent me the um, truffle oil, which is very luxurious. I mean, am I in Italy? Sometimes I'm eating and I go, uh, you know, buongiorno, because it feels very Italian to me to be eating something that has a little bit of truffle oil mixed in. And I'm usually not a person that... Like truffle was never my favorite flavor, but just a hint of it in something really makes such a big difference and it makes everything just kind of pop. So I'm a lifelong customer for them. They are giving our listeners um, an amazing offer. You can get 15% off site wide plus free shipping with the promo code secret at truff.com. That's 15% off plus free shipping on everything. Just shop at truff.com. That's T-R-U-F-F, -F, F as in fantastic.com and use promo code secret. I'm telling you, get the sauce and get the pasta sauce. Oh my God, and get the, okay, and get the mayonnaise. I love all of it. I can't help it. Okay, back to the show. This next one says, oh, it's an update email. It says, I finessed scurvy boy, shingles boy. <laughs> Do you guys remember the shingles boy? Hey, Carly and the kitties. I was so happy when I heard you answering my question. I already knew the answer, but hearing it from my bestie, Carly, really locked it in. So thank you. Anyway, here's the update. A little before that podcast aired, I ghosted Shingles Boy. He reacted out. He, I'm sorry, you guys, you know how I, some days I can really read and some days I can't. He reached out once again last week to invite me to a bar, but I ignored it. Then on Friday, he quote unquote liked me on Hinge. I accepted the like and asked him what he wanted from me. Girl, this is why we are not continuing this. Girl, you should have blocked him on Hinge. This man is like a freaking hemorrhoid. When you think he's gone, he's still right there up your ass. Okay. And quite frankly, I'm done with him. He has too many ailments. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me continue because there's there's more of this email and I just start, I just kind of lost my mind for a second there. I clearly ghosted him and he's still trying to talk to me even though he barely tried while we were dating. Hmm. Make it make sense. I ended up bringing 
up all the concerns that I had with him. He said all the right things. And again, I roll, but thanks to you, I understand that that's manipulation. Anyway, in the middle of this discussion, he asked if I want to go to not scary farm amusement park tonight. It's a $60 ticket, which isn't so bad. And my friends are going to on a double date tonight anyway. So there wasn't anything else for me to be doing. So I said, fuck it. Let's go. Jesus Christ. You want to know what? Here's the thing I know about this guy. I know that it's, it's gotta be more than eight inches. (laughs) This, this, at no point do I know where, where your email is going. At no point do I know where your email is going because one second, one sentence ago, you said, I ghosted this man. (laughs) And now you're saying I'm going to see ghosts at an amusement park and a scary amusement park. (laughs) And this is why I'm done with you. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. He really wanted to go get fast passes, which is another $120, but he said he would pay for my fast pass to make up for his bullshit. He purchased everything online. Here's also the thing, and, and I'm sorry, but I keep intervening with this email. It, hey, put your money where your mouth is. Buy me a fucking house. If you want to make up for all the bullshit, I'll forgive you when I have a house that you purchased for me and it's under my name and I'm going to sell it and I'm going to take all the money. I'm going to put it into Bitcoin. Okay. Because I'm a crypto bitch now. So don't even think. Oh, how about this? If you want me to forgive you, I don't care about the damn haunted house. I want two Bitcoins. You, you send me two Bitcoins into my, into my wallet here. Okay. I'm getting tight because I feel like I know this guy. I feel like I dated this guy at this point. This has been a whole, you know, journey that we've all been on. She said he purchased everything online and I was going to pay him back for the admission. At the end of the night, we got food and talked for a little while and he dropped me off. I asked how much I owed him and he said, don't worry about it. This man bought me food and alcohol and spent over $360. She said $360. She, $360, which listen, it's a lot of money for a date. I get it. Uh, for the both of us to go to an amusement park, hashtag finesse. I was planning on never seeing him again after this, but I left my COVID vaccination card in his car and I thought I would need to get it into knots. I obviously have to see him one more time to get it back. But right after that, I don't think I will again. Is that fucked up of me? No, girl, we've been telling you this whole time not to see him again. I didn't ask him to pay for my ticket. He offered and it's the least he could do for the shit he put me through, right? Yes, actually, the least he could do is buy you a car. Okay, and give you five bitcoins. From now on, when a guy is disrespectful to me, I am Venmo requesting him $40,000. Yes, $40,000. Okay, that's how much it's going to cost you if you want me to fucking answer your text message. <laughs> I don't even know how much a bitcoin is. I think it's around $40,000, but that's what I want. I want one bitcoin per time you hurt my feelings. So you better fucking come at me in in the right way, sir. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. This one says, am I going to die alone? Oh boy. Did I write this one? 
Hi, Carly. And the cutest little kitties, Robert and Stanley. I've been listening to your podcast for two years now, and I can't get enough. I was afraid to write you an email, but I thought, what the heck? Let's step outside my comfort zone and ask Carly for advice. So here I am. I am 24 years old, have been dating since I was about 16, and I've never had a relationship. The only time I was in love did not end well, unfortunately. I was 18 years old, and I fell in love with a guy who dumped me after a couple months of dating for someone else. I was completely heartbroken for almost two years. Insane how one guy I barely knew could screw me up like that. And I didn't even realize at the time I was head over heels in love. Afterward, I fell into a pattern of only sleeping with guys who were already in relationships to protect myself from getting feelings. However, as I am almost turning 25, I'm getting scared. I will never have a relationship. I do date. I sleep with people not too soon and try not to hide my feelings. But for some reason, guys never want to stick around for too long. I really don't know what to do. My friends tell me that I fall for the wrong guys, but I cannot make myself fall for other types of guys that are quote unquote good for me and do not treat me badly. What would you do in my situation? I really want to fall in love and be in a healthy relationship for the rest, uh, for the first time in my life. Please help. Okay. I think we all go through patterns. Um, and I, I can say for myself, you know, you guys know I've dated, I've dated everyone. I've dated all your dads. I've dated all your boyfriends, dated all your cousins. Okay. I cannot walk in somewhere without bumping into 14 people I've dated. Okay. I can't go anywhere. So I've dated a lot of people, but what I've noticed is the way that I, um, feel about myself is shown in who I am seeing at the time. So for example, if I'm feeling, you know, that when I look back on the times that I've dated the worst fucking guys that were that literally not only the worst guys for me, but the worst people I've ever met in my life. Um, I look back at how I felt at the time when I met them, when I started dating them while we were dating and the way that I felt about myself was not good. It was not good at all. And then, you know, on the contrary, quite contrary, uh, whenever I've had really healthy, good relationships, which, uh, you guys know how often that happens or not even, I'm not, I'm not even going to put relationships. I'm going to say when I've dated people who were, you know, good, who were just emotionally available and present and doing the right thing by me and treating me with respect and all of the things that we want from our person. Um, when I've been seeing those people, I was always at a high energetically. Like I felt like my energy was good. I was, you know, practicing self-love. I was taking good care of myself. I was looking at myself. I always say like, look at yourself the way you want people to look at you. Um, because, uh, what is that saying? Everyone is you. What, 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 what is the saying that, what is the saying I'm thinking of? Everyone is you pushed out. Hold on. Let, let me look up because I think I'm actually wrong. Everyone is you, uh, everyone is you pushed out. So that means everyone that, you know, you associate with in your life and everyone you meet in your life is actually a version of yourself that you're, you know, they're reflecting you, they're reflecting your energy. So girl, I've been there before where I'm dating all the wrong people. And listen, I laugh about it all the time. I joke about it all the time. Like, Hey, I did this thing that I knew I shouldn't have done because I know better because I've lived this life a million fucking times. Right. And it's funny and it's silly and we laugh, but 
it does, at least for me in particular, it does reflect how I feel about myself, um, what I'm going through at that time. So I don't think you're going to die alone. I think you need to work on work, work on self-love and, and see how quickly things start changing for you. You know, see what type of people are attracted to you when you're, when you're at a high, you know, when you're have good energy, it matters. It matters. Okay. Let's do another one. Okay. This one is okay. This one says friends, FMKs. I saw you do stand up and some embarrassing things. Okay. Let's get into it. Hi, angel baby. And the princesses of the world. I saw you do stand up last night for the girl tour. And I got to say you're perfect. Oh my God. I am not ever. Stop. Stop saying such crazy things. Well, thank you so much. You know, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, so funny. I've never laughed harder. Uh, stop it. How are you so funny? I'm brand new trying out stand up, And one of my bucket list goals in life is to open for you. I cried in a Taco Bell on the way home because I had to pee so badly. There was a line outside the door for the restroom. I thought I was going to pass away. Oh, there's nothing worse than crying in a Taco Bell, right? That's a new low that, that we reach anytime you're crying in a chain restaurant, but, um, thank you so much. And I hope, I hope I see you, you know, a bunch doing stand up. I'm sure I'll see you at the clubs cause I'm always around and, and I'm sure one day we will cross paths and, and you can open for me. Uh, okay. Anywho, here's my list of embarrassing things. Number one, when you're at an establishment and you need to ask where the restroom is, I just left the barbershop and I'm legit about to number one in my pants because I was embarrassed to say, Hey, can I use the bathroom? Uh, that's a hundred percent true. I have thought I agree. And I always like, I'll be like, hi, where's the restroom? Because I feel like saying restroom is classier, but it's, it's embarrassing announcing that you're going to go to the bathroom. Or when you're like at a group, what about when you're in a group setting and you have to go to the bathroom and you have to be like, oh, hold on one second. I'm going to run to the bathroom. It's like in that scenario, I never want people to get it twisted. So I always say I have to go pee by. I don't say I'm going to the bathroom because it sounds like I'm going to go. You know what? And you know that I you know that I think that everyone thinks I'm going number two and I simply will not have that. So uh, the next one is when you're crossing the street and a car ushers you to go, like, can you not? It's embarrassing. It makes me mad. It's like, I don't need to cross. I am at the corner because I need to be here. You obviously have somewhere to go because you're in a car. Maybe if you were less worried about me, you would be where you need to be. Honestly, I feel the exact same way. I always like wave them along. Like, no, I'm standing here until the light turns and I, and I'm going to go. Uh, then I'll go out of my way to not cross the street there. Number three, being at a regular local Taco Bell that is not a cantina. I feel like it's a freaking international house of pancakes or something to be proud of. Apparently, Taco Bell is my cheers. Also, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He said being a regular at the local Taco Bell. Okay, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Um, also crying at a Taco Bell where everyone knows your name is embarrassing. That is actually very true, but also so funny. I used to... Um, Many years ago, I lived in Queens in this apartment and there was a Chinese restaurant that was like a couple blocks away from me. And I had no money at the time, but like I would go and get, you know, like you go and get Chinese food and it kind of lasts you a few days. So I would do that for like a couple of times a week. That was like, <laughs> like instead of going grocery shopping, I would just go get like Chinese food and, you know, 
every few days. And that was my food to eat. But I remember they knew my freaking name and I would, they knew my order. And, um, once I, I wasn't home for like a week and when I went in, she was like, so upset. She was like, I was worried about you. Like, I didn't know where you were and you didn't call last week to order your food. We had it like already. I was like waiting for your call. And I noticed that you didn't come in. And I was like, honestly, I feel like I should just move because I was so embarrassed. Like, but it was very sweet that she cared a lot about me, you know, but I was like, I'm embarrassed. So we have a whole list of fuck, Mary kills that people had sent in for this episode. We're going to get into those now. Okay. And again, you guys can always send in questions to secretkeepersclub at gmail.com. Anything that you want to chit- chitty chat about. Um, okay. So this one says, uh, cotton eye, Joe, the electric slide or the Cupid shuffle. Now this one was from the person who wrote in about weddings, cotton eye, Joe, electric slide, Cupid shuffle. Um, okay. (laughs) I personally love the electric slide and I do feel like the electric slide can be incorporated into a lot of different, um, songs. I do the electric slide quite a lot, depending on how drunk I am. I actually have a video of when we were in fire Island a couple months ago, um, me and my friends doing the electric slide in the you know, living room. And it was so, we were having so much fun. It was just like you watch, I watch the video sometimes if I'm feeling like crummy, I'm like, this is just a video of a bunch of people having fun in the damn living room. Just do, 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 boop, 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 boop. boogie, boogie, boogie. So it's so much fun. I love the electric side. So freaking much girl. And that I'm not going to lie doing that little, you know, that little, like when you turn and you lift your leg and kind of just like that's a flex. Like that is a hot move. That is a hot and sexy move. And you can incorporate that move into a lot of different things. You know, the move, when you lift your leg and you kind of like, shoot, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, okay. And then the Cupid shuffle or the cotton eye Joe cotton eye Joe is very embarrassing because it's a lot of hopping. Um, I, I mean, I know the dance very well, and I don't know if I would not do it if I was at a wedding, but it's a little too much jumping. I think as an adult woman, you kind of got to be aware of that. You know how much hopping you're doing. It it really should be to a minimum. Um, So I'm going to have to I'm going to marry the electric slide. I'm going to fuck the Cupid shuffle and I'm going to kill Cotton Eye Joe. I'm sorry, Cotton Eye Joe, but you definitely had your time in the sun and, and now it's, you know you gotta, you gotta, you could, you gotta go. I enjoyed you when I was, you know, young at, you know, parties and things of that nature. So anywho, the next one, she said, your rant, your nineties rant from last week's podcast, which by the way, I loved triggered some music consumption memories. I totally forgot about that stupid CD tape literally was the worst. So here's my fuck, Mary kill, uh, Walkman hit clips or a boom box. Oh my God. Okay. I loved all of these things. My hit clips were so, I, I only had a couple of hit clips. They were so freaking cool. Um, I had a TLC one. I had, uh, what was, what were my other ones? I, I had a few of them and I remember my TLC one broke and I was devastated. Um, and my mom was like, I'm not buying you another one. You're a fucking idiot. You break things literally the day you get them, you know? So, uh, 
I, I want one now. <laughs> I think one, I, maybe I had a dream one. I don't remember, but those were cool. I'm going to have to say though, I'm going to have to kill the hit clips because even though they are fun, I, you know, they really only played one song and I did, I no. I, I don't need that. That was cool. I had it on my keychain, but they really only played one song and eh, a boombox. You listen to anything you want. A Walkman, forget it. You could listen to anything you want on the go. So I would say I'm going to marry the Walkman because that's the right thing to do. You know, we're not going to kill that. Uh, we got to kill hit clips and we're going to fuck the boombox for sure. Boombox is, is a stable one. Um, Walkman, I feel is more like your Walkman is more like, uh, you know, something that you would have on you every day, like, you know, your phone or something. So that's a, that's a marriage to me. So, okay. The next ones are friends related. This one is okay. The girlfriends, you, you guys know the show friends. So the girlfriends from the show friends. Janine, who dated Joey, Mona, who dated Ross, or Janice, who dated Chandler and Ross. And then there's another fuck Mary Kill after that about the guys from Friends. But okay, Janine, who dated Joe. Oh my God, Janine was the model that, that they had on the show. She was tall and she was the one who uh, lived with Joey when Chandler had moved out. And uh, it was, that was a really, really cute episode. She was like a dancer. She was like a ballet. I don't know what they had her as like a dancer on the show. Um, she was really pretty. I loved Mona because I always thought she was so cool. Cause she had cute hair. She had that little spiky haircut. That was so cool back then. I, I kind of like Janice too. Janice was so funny and their reactions to her was so funny, but I do think that she would drive me nuts whether I was fucking or marrying her. So Janice has got to go, even though she's one of the best characters of all time to me. Um, I think Mona, we're going to marry Mona and we're going to kill um, Janine. No. Wait a minute. Am I getting Janine mixed up with, um, wait, is Janine the one, wait, Janine. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No. Okay. No. Janine was the person I was thinking of. I, I, I had a lapse of judgment there. Yeah, no, Janine was the dancer. Mona was so cute. Okay. I'm going to marry Mona. I'm going to fuck Janine and I'm going to kill Janice. Uh, Mona seems very much more like wifey material to me. And anyone that could put up with Ross's ass, I mean, come on. She's got a lot of patience. It says a lot about her. And then the boyfriends, Pete, who dated Monica, Tag, who dated Rachel, and David, who dated Phoebe. This is very easy for me. Tag's got to go. I never was into him. I thought he was way too young for her. I thought that whole situation was ridiculous. And that was what happened when the damn writers ran out of shit to talk about. Okay. They said, let's get this little guy in here. He's 10 years younger than her. It's, we're going to make a love. No, I knew that wasn't going to happen. And he wasn't even really that cute. Like he was cute, but whatever, you know, he's nothing to, you know, nothing to shake a stick at, but at the same time, there, there's better fish in the sea. And David and Pete are both better fish in the sea. So David is the one who went to Minsk. Um, he was like a scientist, right? He went to Guam and he went to Minsk or something. And Pete is, uh, what's his fucking name? You know him, the guy who played uh, John. Uh, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up because it's going to drive me nuts. Oh, John Favreau, who I love. 
And in the movie, he was uh, in the show. He was very like wealthy guy. He treated her really well. He took her to Italy for like pasta or something silly. So I think that I'm going to marry Pete because he was the most present um, while they were dating. David was kind of preoccupied and it was like kind of confusing. Um, and he cared about his job more than he cared about Phoebe. Uh, Pete also cared about his job more than he cared about Monica when he tried to become a professional boxer, but he at least didn't dump her. He didn't leave her. Um, and David did leave Phoebe. So tag's got to go. We're going to marry Pete and fuck David because David's probably going back to Minsk anyway. And you guys, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I think that I did very well. I did very well with, um, these fuck Mary kills. And I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for tuning in. So happy to have you here as always. We will see you next week. You can send in questions to secretkeepersclub at gmail.com and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.